0: I I definitely believe that having the right tools but also having the right mindset can really help uh, you know stimulating creativity whenever and wherever it happens for some people they need to be in a particular environment to stimulate their creativity for other people it's the moment that matters so how can we through technology be able to capture that level of creativity stimulate that level of creativity and then uh, enable the collaboration that can boost that creativity.
1: Each morning, I start my day by scanning news headlines and social feeds. A couple of months ago, I came across an interesting article in futureforum.com about building organizational culture in a hybrid world. And of course, that's amid all of the counter media that talks about return to office initiatives that are challenging the nature of remote working uh, for some organizations in a very bold fashion. The article itself featured then CIO and VP of analytics and business services for Unilever North America, Alessandro Ventura. I'm someone who's always on the hunt for interesting voices to feature on this podcast and We approached Alessandro to join us to chat about his passions and priorities, his career trajectory, and of course, the importance of building organizational culture in a hybrid world. Little did we know that in preparing for today's conversation, that news of his appointment to global VP of technology transformation at Unilever would be announced on social this morning. I have to say, this was the best combination of an exciting, enjoyable, and humbling conversation with Alessandro, or Ale, as those people closest to him call him, and on such a fateful day. Join me now in conversation with an impactful, intelligent, and passionate people leader, who is all about making the digital headquarters at Unilever an enjoyable, enabling and effective place to nurture not only corporate culture, uh, but also to help deliver business results. This is Nancy Gobel, DWG's chief executive and your host. As always, Digital Workplace Impact is brought to you by Digital Workplace Group. Happy listening. Alessandro, I am so delighted to welcome you to the Digital Workplace Impact Podcast Studio today. And on such a fateful day, I happened to catch in my morning feed that you've launched into a new position as Global VP of Technology Transformation at Unilever. Congratulations and welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much for having me.
1: And so I- I'm always on the hunt for interesting voices in our industry. And not long ago, I stumbled upon your name in an article on futureforum.com and just felt an immediate connection with your thinking about building organizational culture in a hybrid world. And uh, I very much look forward to exploring that topic with you as part of today's conversation. But given that you're career has been such an interesting one with a true exclamation point on the day, I thought it would be interesting to get a little bit of a window into your 20-year career at Unilever. And I guess nowadays, you know, people do move quite a bit uh, within organizations and across organizations. And so I have to start by asking you, to what do you attribute your longevity and success?
0: Basically, Unilever is an organization that constantly adapts and changes. And so I've stayed at Unilever because uh, in the last 20 years, it's always felt uh, I could learn something new. I'm a b- big advocate of uh, lifelong learning. I like learning new things. Uh, I like challenging myself with you know new and different tasks and different things. So I have to say Unilever has given me the opportunity to move live in different countries uh, come across uh, so many different uh, international cultures and this for me is like uh, uh, what gives me energy so the opportunity to learn the opportunity to face new challenge the opportunity to uh, live in different places uh, uh, and obviously in in all that uh, the, the opportunity to develop myself professionally and personally so I have to say, even when I compare the opportunities that the external world was giving me, I've always found the opportunities that Unilever was proposing me more uh, interesting, fascinating, and challenging.
1: Mm. And clearly, just uh, in uh, being connected with you on LinkedIn, it's apparent that that holds true not only for yourself, but in what you try to do with colleagues uh, all around you. Uh, you're clearly someone who is looking to help Unilever at large and uh, your organization in particular uh serve as lifelong learners themselves and to create opportunities and One of the areas um that i'm I'm particularly intrigued by within that is the idea of the purpose that you've set forth and that's really around delivering business impact by bringing out humanity and happiness. And you don't often hear of that, uh, especially from an executive within the technology arena. So tell us a little bit about the origin story for that purpose.
0: So the origin is uh, is really looking at my passion. So uh, I've always been driven in uh, everything I've done. I started working uh, when I was 13 doing very, you know, different tasks and activities. And uh, in everything I've done, probably the, the education of my parents uh, who were, uh, uh, you know, working class people, but I um, really have always said the dignity in everything they did. So my dad was a factory worker at Pirelli Tire Company for like uh, 45 years. And so the idea of business impact comes comes from there. The the The, the passion to to really make sure that what I do has an impact and has a positive impact in the people around me and then in the business that I serve. I mean, uh, I've been uh, blessed and humbled to be, with such an incredible company like Unilever but before I joined uh, before I served with uh, Deutsche Bank uh, and with Nokia uh, although for uh, you know much shorter period of time and you know for me it's important that what I do has an impact for the for the business that I serve at the same time I'm a people person I'm driven by the relationship with people I thrive having people around and I think that uh, you know Happiness and fun play a very very important and hugely underestimated role in uh, how we can do the same thing, but do it better to the point that uh, you know to me when I go to the office uh, it doesn't feel like going to the office I mean uh, I want to go and see my colleagues. I consider them uh, you know people that I want to hang around with and people that I want to share a laugh with and uh, Genuinely believe that uh, making people around me feeling that they can be themselves, making people around me having fun with me—you know—it it kind of uh, de-dramatize a bit the pressure that uh, is in the corporate world today, which I think is insane. I also believe, to be honest with you, I always say this to my colleagues because uh, we did a, we did a you know a little party for my for my for the end of my um, role here in North America with my team. Several people came to me and, and told me, you know, I've never been able to speak so openly with uh, with a VP, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm like, I'm not a VP. I'm Ale, and uh, I believe that hierarchy plays a very important role in decision making. Because of course a company as big as Unilever cannot uh, not have hierarchy in terms of decision making if everybody tries to try to make decisions is anarchy and uh, you know the company goes uh, uh, goes under in uh, you know in seconds or minutes but uh, outside decision making we're all human we are all people and why should anybody treat me personally different because of the role that I have so I'm, I'm you know, outside decision-making, we're all the same. Even in decision-making, of course, I have a role which is different. I have a responsibility which is different. But that responsibility is a responsibility to serve, not to behave in a certain way. That role, that responsibility doesn't give me any free pass to not behave, you know, according to my purpose and, and who I am. So, yeah, I think that this, uh, you know, de-dramatize, scaling down the drama and the pressure and the tension that uh, we all have at work by having a laugh and being able to, you know, go for lunch all together and feel free to talk to each other as, uh, you know, we can talk, you know, among uh, among people and among friends uh, really helps them people giving their best and therefore helping me to leave a mark in everything that I that I do.
1: And when we think about what we're hearing in the news media these days with organizations calling upon the return to office, and in some cases, even issuing mandates to command that that change happen in the now, it feels like such an important time for us within the digital workplace arena, those of us who are stewarding the digital headquarters of the organization to pause and and have conversation afresh with leaders like you, recognizing that individuals bring their whole selves to work. And uh, the definition of work isn't about where you work, it's about how you work. And so to recognize that we need to not only look at the what and the why, but the how is critically important too. We actually had our member meeting in London last week. And one of the conversations that we had was about the importance of layering in emotional journeys that employees have as part of looking at optimizing the employee experience. And yes, that's digital, but that's also physical. And so recognizing that building organizational culture in a hybrid world is a topic for which you you are very passionate, and it is a big priority, and one that you share very openly in external channels, whether social or otherwise. I really wanted to have a spotlight moment for that conversation. And so Unilever is very much operating within that hybrid arena. And I know that some organizations leapt into that space by virtue of the pandemic, but I'm curious to know if this has always been a priority for Unilever, or is this a more recent advent?
0: No, Unilever has always been a huge supporter of uh, hybrid arrangements. I mean, we call it hybrid arrangements today, but Unilever has always been passionate about the outcome rather than the input and where the input takes place. So it's really never mattered where where you were. Also because uh, being such a big international company, if you want, in a sense, disperse, even if I'm in the office, but my the rest of my team is around the world, I still have the same experience of relationship with them than I have connecting with them virtually. So yes, the short answer is Unilever has always been... Uh, you know, strong, strong advocate for flexible working arrangements. And this comes back from uh, our very origins. So Lord Lever founded what became Lever Fabergenda and Unilever in Port Light. And uh, he built uh, a village. He built houses for people. And uh, why I'm mentioning this... Uh, not because that is uh, was a hybrid working arrangement because factory worker you know need to go and work in the factory but because uh, ever since the creation of our company there's been uh, clarity around the fact that people need to conceive work in unity with the rest of their life so you know coming to the modern days even if covid didn't happen you know if there are parents of young children and uh, you know, young children fall sick one day, who am I to tell that person you need to come to the office? And even if I do that, that person will be to the office thinking about their child sick at home. So they may, they will be even more productive if they are able to take care of, you know, the child or, uh, you know, relatives, etc., etc. And uh, Commit to work rather than say, no, you need to come to the office no matter what. So I personally, I am a huge, big proponent of uh, of hybrid working arrangements. And Unilever has always been uh, truly accommodating to the needs of uh, of the employees. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, holding employees accountable to then get the job done. One of my bosses used to say, if you have a day which is light and you finish at three o'clock and you want to leave the office at three o'clock, you shouldn't think twice about it because trust me, at the end of the year, you will have done your hours. So mm-hmm. it's not a matter of hours. It's a matter of uh, you know, being uh, the best version of ourselves from an energy perspective, from a mental perspective, so that we can land that business impact I was talking about before. Now, having said mm-hmm. that, and being a people person, I I also believe that uh, personally I need to be in the office a couple of days a week because I need to see people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can't only see people in two D on a screen. I need I need people. I need uh, I need. I mean, I'm Italian. I'm a hugger. I give people a pat on the back, push high five, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'm very very lively in the office and. Uh, you know, although I like hybrid working arrangements, you know, that day or two days a week, I really need to see people and uh, and get some energy from direct relationship with people.
1: And I think the key here is knowing when you can be a remote presence and when you do need to be a physical presence. And it it feels to me, it feels to us within DWG's circles that those uh, in person connections that we make. Uh, have almost become sacred. Um, We appreciate them in a different way now coming out of the pandemic and allowing people to make adult decisions about when they're working in one format over the other, grounded in the impact story is a very emotionally intelligent way to think about the process and you're a living example of that. Although you mentioned you're a people person, of course, you also sit within the technology arena. And knowing our audience, I think it's important for us to talk about the role that technology plays in creating and sustaining the culture within Unilever's hybrid workplace. So tell us a little bit about
0: Well, technology is uh, incredibly important. So you you mentioned a word before, which is very dear to me. Uh, You mentioned digital headquarter. And Mm -hmm. uh, this is very important to me because uh, the headquarter or the office used to be the place where work was done. And obviously today, not only post-pandemic, but already before the pandemic, uh, the idea of the headquarter and the office is changing because uh, there's there's a much more flexible conception of uh, of uh, of the office and of the of the headquarter and so technology really needs uh, really is the the unlock for people to be able to work and be productive wherever they are and so by the way technology is not uh, in a dichotomy with people so technology and people can, you know, go together. One of my biggest experience during the pandemic was to understand how much proximity bias I had before the pandemic. Before, mm-hmm. Because, of course, you know, I was a four to five days person in the office. And, uh, you know, being a people person, I, you know, we used to go for lunch, coffee and and have uh, you know fun together with people in the office. And then come the pandemic, uh, you know off you go, you are uh, uh, isolated at home. But my team mm-hmm. is spread across seven sites. And I got to know so much better people that uh, were not co-located with me because all of a sudden technology offered an even platform for people to relate to myself and for me to relate to people. And so mm-hmm. I do believe that uh, technology and uh, the person works work alongside. And uh, the technology is the enabler. The technology is the tool. It's like, technology is like a hammer, but you need to be able to use it. So you need to have the creativity, the human creativity to use it uh, at its best. So absolute advocate about the fact that technology can uh, empower and amplify the impact that the human can produce.
1: And so let's pull that thread a little bit further. You know, of course, it's critically important to have the right tool for the right job. You don't want to use a vacuum cleaner to hammer a nail. You need a hammer. And so how do you think technology solutions have helped create a culture of collaboration and creativity and connection within Unilever?
0: As I mentioned before, being uh, a proponent of hybrid work uh, much earlier than the pandemic, uh, we really had a competitive advantage uh, in this space. So we were very lucky to migrate uh, um, at the end of uh, 2022 and beginning of 23 from uh, uh, Skype to Microsoft Teams. Skype Mm. is more of a, you know, communication tool. Microsoft Teams uh, is much closer to a digital headquarter type type tool. So going from communication to collaboration. Uh, We were very lucky to uh, initiate uh, a migration of our VPNs from uh, on-prem to the cloud. And this uh, really helped us uh, being able to boost the capability for everybody to be able to work online on a dime. I still remember it was Friday, March 13th, where Unilever worldwide decided that from that very day, we were all gonna work remotely with no notice. And so having, I think cloud has uh, has been a huge accelerator, um, to uh, to be able to give people an even platform. And we were very, very much ahead of the game from a Unilever perspective to, to be in that place. And then uh, the culture was already there because uh, we were already a company that uh, uh, favored hybrid working. Uh, and uh, we had a huge, uh, you know, long-lasting uh, experience on working remotely. So... I I definitely believe that having the right tools, but also having the right mindset can really help, uh, you know, stimulating creativity whenever and wherever it happens. For some people, they need to be in a particular environment to stimulate their creativity. For other people, it's the moment that matters. So how can we, through technology, be able to capture that level of creativity, stimulate that level of creativity, and then... uh, Enable the collaboration that can boost the creativity. So I think, uh, um, yeah, I think uh, technology uh, plays uh, um, a super important role in uh, linking people up and then uh, boosting, uh, you know, the, the the power of the collective, if you like. Now there are some mm-hmm. moments where uh, you need to come together. There are some moments where you say, "Hey, you know, let's come together to." brainstorm on you know a certain project a certain innovation etc cetera, etc cetera. and and then the, there is there are the, the elements of complexity where you have uh, a you know asymmetry in the presence. so if you have uh, 90% or 95% of people in the room and 5% of people online you know sometimes it's difficult so you also need to have a working agreement to say hey whenever we do this uh, we do it online. Whenever we do this, we do it in person. And so one of the things that I do now is uh, when I run my town halls, I've got a team of 120. And they are, as I mentioned before, spread across seven different sites. So what I do, mm-hmm. I no longer get in a meeting room. And uh, I, stay, I stay at my desk so that the experience of everybody can be the same no matter if uh, there's a room full of 20 people or there are other 100 people connecting from home or connecting from other offices, everybody gets the same experience. So we need to be mindful of making sure that uh, we we are inclusive even in the use of technology. And so thinking about the experience of the other, but I definitely believe, uh, again, technology is a huge uh, is a huge booster and enabler uh, to, to create a culture that favors collaboration and innovation in a company.
1: And you mentioned the idea of crafting working agreements. Do you think there are any other special considerations that teams need to think about or that you've thought about in balancing the physical and the digital workspaces inside of Unilever?
0: There's, uh, there's something that uh, I call intentionality. Being a leader in a physical environment, in a sense, is easier than being a leader in a hybrid environment, uh, because uh, in a physical environment, people can see us and uh, sees us in, in everything that we do. And so there is of, uh, there is a, uh, more of an element of uh, uh, transparency and an element of uh, be true to ourselves, whereas in the hybrid world, if I want to connect with somebody, I need to be intentional in connecting. Uh, mm-hmm. In a hybrid world, I need to be intentional in thinking about, OK, what is the experience of this uh, uh, connection for the people that are co-located with me, but also for the people that are you know, in different locations? So. I'll give you an example. When I first arrived, we, we ran this survey uh, every year, which is called Univoice. Univoice is the moment where every employee can give feedback uh, to the organization, to the leadership, and then to the direct management. And so I remember that there were some uh, uh, negative feedback and concerns around my level of inclusiveness. And uh, so I was like, uh, oh, my gosh, and, I mean, I'm a people person. I want to be inclusive, so I want to understand what this is. And uh, so we did some focus group, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyway, long story short, all it was was the fact that uh, when I ran uh, my town halls, again, with the old technology, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, so it was a bit more difficult. But I didn't uh, have my camera on, because I was thinking more about the people in the room than the people that were connecting uh, virtually. And so, all it took was uh, switch that camera on to enable people that were not collocated with me you know to to see me and so I think uh, that the word I would use uh, as the most important attribute for a leader to be a leader in the hybrid world is intentionality
1: I think that's a very powerful statement, and also being prepared to take on feedback, to understand the data and the insights that things like Univoice have brought forward, and in this case, allowed for a very simple adjustment that had a profound impact on helping people feel more included on a global scale. And so I know you have a background in analytics, and so a feedback loop can create a mix of qualitative and you know quantitative input to guide decisions and taking things to the next level what are some of the other ways that unilever measures the success in the technologies that you're using within the hybrid workplace
0: So, in terms of uh, success in technology adoption, first of all, the biggest metrics of success for our company is obviously uh, the the financial performance of our company. That's the most important thing. But then, in addition to that, when it comes to success in uh, uh, the use of technology, we have uh, two KPIs that uh, that we look at. Uh, One is... uh, uh, the adoption, so the number of unique users that uh, use that specific technology compare with the, the total number of users that have access to that technology that gives us a quantitative uh, uh, metric around uh, uh, how many people are using it and then uh, we have a qualitative measure uh, metric uh, that is the NPS score the net promoter score, and uh, you know a year and a half back we decided to harmonize. Uh, all the feedback, uh, the qualitative feedback that we receive from the user of our technologies uh, using the same API, which is, uh, which is the MPS. So the MPS helps us understanding the areas that we need, uh, where we need to improve. So it's very, very important to think about the user journey and the user experience because the technology can be very, very effective, but user may still hate it. Because yes, it performs the task that it was designed for, but is not easy to use at all. And so we use the MPS score to understand how can we make that technology simpler and simpler.
1: So it all comes back to creating an understanding of the what, the how, and the why. So there's clarity about the impact that's achieved uh, and the journey that's been taken along the way to understand whether there's friction in the system or things need to be optimized in some fashion. And part of the reason I asked about this question was not only because of your background, uh, Alessandro, but also this conversation coincides very beautifully with some new research that we've just released, which is designed for digital workplace leaders and their teams to be able to tell the impact story behind the work that they're doing within the digital headquarters. And oftentimes, this is an area that uh, is not as mature in lots of organizations. And so when there are advanced teams that are leveraging analytics uh, in the way that you've described, we like to shine a spotlight on those living examples. We have seen some of our members even start to use data scientists to help understand and interpret the numbers uh, around the experience and the qualitative feedback to bolster that uh, development area within digital workplace teams. And so we're coming close to our final moments together. And so I wonder if you have any advice to share with digital workplace leaders and teams not only on on this topic around culture and the hybrid workplace but about the digital headquarters as a whole especially given how generative ai is making its way into this space as well
0: so i would say first of all flexible working arrangements are here to stay and uh, they are convenient to take into account for bigger for big corporations because uh, when you have a large number of employees, uh, you need to make sure that you put the employee in the best position to be able to deliver that business impact that, that uh, I was uh, talking about at the beginning. And so the second point is to really think and be sharp on uh, what does that uh, digital headquarter look like for uh, your specific corporation. And then thirdly, to develop a culture that is inclusive and leverages uh, on uh, hybrid working arrangement uh, so that people can feel equipped in uh, how to navigate and get things done and land that business impact uh, with hybrid working arrangement. And fourth, I would say, a clear advice to business leader is uh, the intentionality that I was talking about before. Uh, in order mm-hmm. to be real, human, empathetic leader in the hybrid world, we need to be much more intentional. So these are the four things that uh, I would advise. Uh, I, I would give my 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 giveaway.
1: So that is such a clear blueprint and very actionable. So I appreciate you encapsulating our conversation so crisply and framing it as parting advice for this group of leaders. And so I have to ask, have we missed anything, Alessandro? Is there anything you were hoping I'd ask you and perhaps haven't?
0: I don't know. I mean the world is changing so fast and so fluidly that uh, uh you know maybe today my answer would be no and then I listen to this on Monday and I say you know things are changing again. So obviously we need to be mindful of uh, you know the context that we work in and uh, all the uh, disruptions that are happening positive disruptions and negative disruptions. So you know all that I said is uh uh always needs to be kind of uh embedded in a context that keeps changing so but uh but for today i would say uh, this would be this would be it for me
1: excellent any final reflections
0: no look uh i'm i'm super uh, uh first of all super grateful to be invited and uh, i'm very humbled to be to be invited to to express my views. I'm a big proponent of, uh, we say the future of work in reality is the present of work. Because for me, one of the, the key skills uh, um, of a successful company is speed and agility. And I think uh, everything that we said about uh, hybrid working arrangements and the future of work, etc., is uh, in a context of, uh, you know, even big corporations like unilever becoming more and more agile to be successful in uh, you know in the present and in the future
1: what a perfect thought to cap off our time together i too am humbled by the opportunity to have this conversation and i certainly hope it is not only the first and the last i look forward to continuing to get to know you and uh, look for further opportunities to collaborate. But for now, just to bring us back to the start of the conversation today, warmest congratulations to you on your new appointment. And we certainly wish you every success as you move in every sense to London. And we'll look forward to hearing how this new adventure unfolds and... If the stars align, hopefully we'll be able to have a part two conversation as you get grounded in that new role. But for today, thank you so much for coming into the Digital Workplace Impact podcast studio, Alessandro.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Digital Workplace Impact is brought to you by the Digital Workplace Group. DWG is a strategic partner covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry, not only through membership, but also benchmarking and boutique consulting services. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com.